Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Yes, indeed, it is the get right right here on your home of the Cowboys and World Series champion Texas Rangers 105.3 The Fan. I'm Reginald Attitude listening alongside the fan phenom winner, Blake Elliott. Talk to me. Shout out to you hanging out with us on this Wednesday evening in the Metroplex. Also, shout out to Ross Lebensky. I keep doing that. Ross, I know. I see you there. You're doing great work, and we're going to put you a little bit more to work here in this segment. Uh, you can always get involved with the program by texting in on the truckwreck.com text line, 877-881-1053. We're also live streaming on YouTube, 105 Through the Fan, or you can catch us on twitch.tv slash Dallas Fan Cam. Coming up in a little bit, we're going to uh, talk about the NBA and the in-season tournament uh, as that moves on to the next phase of it, and it seems like uh, there might be garnering some interest, so I want to gauge some interest there. However, in the NFL, look, man, um, this, this thing is, we're, we're getting to a point where we're starting to see what the landscape is. We're starting to get a good, decent feel for where certain teams are situated throughout this. And without doing a whole power ranking, because if we did power rankings, you know what we focus on? The top. And I kind of want to talk about the bottom, right? Um, because, I mean, and that, I mean that in very many different ways in certain situations. But here, we're talking about the bottom of kind of the standings of the league, however you want to put that. And so, Blake, here, um, I know that, once Frank Reich was fired last uh, this weekend, for me, I was looking at that and I was like, I don't know if that's a good job. And that got me thinking on the idea of which one of these teams that are clearly, you know, all not really in a great place is in the worst place. Because you have, let's, and I think what we should do here is let's lay out the cases, right? Let's start with one each one of these. And then I guess at the end, we'll come back around and figure out which one we feel is the worst. And people are already throwing in their, uh, their guesses or their, not guesses, but their thoughts on this is from 601. They said, I'm pretty sure Bailey Zappi is just Matt Jones with the wrestling name. Hilarious. Love that. Um, someone also said it's the pass by far. They say at least the Bears have uh, the Panthers pick, and then you can't say a rookie is going to be terrible going on. Uh, I don't know if that's necessarily the case. However, which team would you like to start on? Like, let's let's make the case for the, each one of them, or at least examine the case for each one of them between the Carolina Panthers, the Chicago Bears, and the New England Patriots. All right, so I'm going to take the easy route. I think it's safe to say that the Chicago Bears are actually in the best position. And okay. It's for two reasons out of those three teams. One, they obviously have Carolina's pick, who is playing absolutely horrendous football, so they'll probably have the number one pick. They also have their own pick, which is currently at number four. Might go to five or six, but they'll have a top seven, eight Ooh, pick right there. Look at you having belief that they're going to win games. I, I, so that's actually my second point of okay. Chicago is when I watch their football games, and I watched that absolute mid-fest against the Vikings the other day. I don't hate the bones of the team. They have some pieces. A Montez Sweat, I think Justin yes. Fields, a DJ Moore. 
and someone like Justin Fields, who I think his time is over in Chicago. Yes. I do not think his time is over in the NFL. Sure. I, I, I completely agree with I that think assessment. he's a very competent quarterback. He missed some throws the other day, and he's missed some throws over his career. But out of the three quarterbacks that were naming, I know Bryce is young, he has shown huh. me the most flashes. Huh. Oh, you like that? Huh. I see what he, you did there. Huh. He, he's shown me some flashes. Oh, Ross said like, that was a knee slapper. I just want to let knee, you know that that's knee slapper. Knee slapper. That's high praise. Um, um, Justin Fields has shown me some flashes where I'm like, in the right situation, Atlanta, I think he could be a guy I like it. That, that it could work when you have the right stuff because I hate Luke Getz's play calling. Screen, screen, battle line. So I just don't think that's going to work. Carolina. Wait, before we move on, let's let's stay yeah. here. Let's Chicago. stick here and talk about Chicago. All right, so what's the case for Chicago? I think you say it's the best, and maybe the thing with me for me is you mentioned this is probably a team with the quarterback that has the best potential. However, you mentioned if he was in a better situation, and I think you get to the issue without necessarily focusing in on it there because I do think, yeah, the, he he's in a place where he's probably best suited to go to a different circumstance and see if there's something somewhere that can better, you know, help him facilitate growth. And you'll get something for him, too. You'll, I think so. You'll get a draft. I think a so. I mean, rounder. I mean, you saw, what was it, uh, Sam Darnold got you a second, didn't he? Yeah, so I think Fields gets you, that's more draft capital. And then you draft a Caleb Williams one. However, amen, this is a team that has not been great at drafting and, and, and the problem has always been the organization. When mm-hmm. it's all the way down from ownership to management to coaching, right? Like, Eberflus is looking like a not very good head football coach, even though he has been a very good defense coordinator. I think his name's holding him back. Oh, you think that's what it is? Is Eberflus? Like, what you, about the Eberflus? Can you be successful? I mean, he's more successful than me. He's an NFL Yeah, so like, he was successful at various <laughs> different levels. Man. I'm just saying, with, at the highest level, when your name is Eberflus, are people taking you seriously in meetings? Well, I mean, not now, apparently. <laughs> uh, but I, I think that th- that's my problem is ultimately – I don't trust that organization to put the right amount of talent. Mm-hmm. Even if they do have like some pieces, you're like, hey, this is going to look good. This is not the first time the Bears have been here. 100%. Um, and it seems like I, you bring another quarterback in, whether it's Caleb Williams, whether it's Drake May, who's more you know pro-ready. Hey, maybe that's the way to go. More pro-ready. I don't know that they are going to be able to facilitate that level of growth, and I think that that puts them in this really bad place, and they continue to be in this this almost death spiral of not being able to facilitate growth because if you have – poor uh you know poor soil you're not going to be able to grow whatever you're trying to grow and it really does feel like for a long period of time Chicago Bears management has been poor soil all right so text line someone else says Bears the best right um from the 601 pretty sure DJ Moore went from being the best player on a bad team with a bad quarterback to the best player on a bad team with a bad quarterback all also fair so okay I think we've laid out the case for why the Bears might be it right a lot of draft capital draft capital not sure that they use it well <laughs> yeah and but it's there Sure. It's there. And I, I'm definitely sure. As you mentioned, Luke Getzey, the offensive coordinator, who I don't think is good. Uh, Ibraflus, I don't think is good. Right, like I think that that whole organization, at least, is currently constituted is not good. And maybe they go and hire, you know, maybe they're, they're part of, you know, Black Monday festivities, and they go and hire a different, orga- uh, different uh, coaching staff, and maybe we see how that goes then. But as of right now, I look at that organization, I'm like, yeah, bad place. All right. So what other team do we have left? We have the Carolina Panthers. We have the New England Patriots. Which one of those would you like to talk about next, Blake? Um, let's go to the Patriots because they're they're an interesting one. It's like Bill Belichick keeps doing this swindle of quarterbacks of who he's going to put in. Zappy, Mac Jones, they're both bad. What's the holdup? Just put one of them out there. No, no game plan is going to be any different for how teams adjust to whoever's out there. So I just think they're a team with no direction right now. I feel like the Bears have a direction. They are try- I, When I watch their games, they're trying to win football games. 
they just seem to get in their own way. It when I watch the New England games reluctantly, it's like what are they trying to do? I love the reluctantly throwing in there. Are, are That's they, a perfect <laughs> spice to throw on top of it. Just a little bit of parsley on there, reluctantly. Just a, just a little bit of slap your mama. Um, <laughs> I don't understand. Are they trying to run the ball? Are they trying to pass the ball? Because every time they drop back to pass, I'm holding, clenching my fingers that it's not going to be an interception. I'm like, this could be a pick. When you said clenching, I didn't think that was going to be the part I, of the I, I, I had to switch to I the finger. It. Yep, good job. Yep. And I'm like, I just don't know what this team is doing. And then I'm like, if they were in the Bears position, I would say they would have the best. But they don't draft skill position guys. They don't draft well. They haven't drafted well. I think I think Belichick, and I know it's been kind of a topic in the media recently. I think Belichick was a little blessed with Brady. We don't have to go too into deep with it. <laughs> yes, we don't need to relitigate the that that one. Yes, but I just I just don't see where the direction of them. But I'll say they're in a better position because they do have that number three pick currently, and Carolina does not have a. But first you just talked pick. about, and this is something we've all talked about. Hey, man. Uh, Belichick, this what are they gonna do with it? Belichick, hey man, this this is kind of crazy because he's gotten a lot of deference on being like a no doubt Hall of Fame head coach, but of late he's been slacking on his pimping, right? Like we have seen him. Slacking. He's he's never been great when it comes to draft, but no one of the things is fit. that he's he's been really good at identifying places to you know where un- talent is undervalued. It's one of the jokes that I've always made, and it's I guess it's not a joke because it's based in reality. Is this idea that like. All these other places in football did not see the value of these little white guys that could, you know, that could run fast. And he was like, I will take these because they can play football. And you ne- this is where you see, like, all of these slot receivers. And th- in addition to that, there's been various ways in which Bill Belichick, as a coach, right, because not just, like, as, as a talent evalu- evaluator, as a coach, um, has been really good at innovating and, like, zagging where the league zigs and creating an advantage for his program. And now, of course, having a Tom Brady makes that easier. But we there's been innovations that he's had, and it seems like of the last, let's say, three, four, five years, the innovations have not been innovative for them. And so you've just kind of been flailing, and especially now when you see the quarterback here. Like, look, man, decisions like making Matt Patricia your offensive play caller are abysmal. Right. And now if that works, that's the type of thing that we go. Bill Belichick always got the answer, but it's just abysmally bad when the way that it comes out. And even here, like the remedy of that was going and getting Bill O'Brien, who has been a good offense coordinator before. But like he's not an innovative new and he's not bringing you anything that's like particularly for on the forefront. And so you end up with this place where, you know, what you have going is not great. And honestly, like the Mac Jones thing is not working. I mean, er, today he we went to the Pro Bowl his first year, and everyone swore he was going to be decent, and then he has been nothing but. He since. was aggressively okay his first year as well. Like we were just like, "Hey, look, <laughs> it looks like he looks kind of like what Tom Brady has been before." Which I was like, "That's mad disrespectful to Tom Brady," but whatever. Oh, the fall off. And now we are in a place you mentioned Pro Bowl. Now he is in a place where he did not take any throws in the in the time the reporters were at practice today. However. Bailey Zappi and Malik Cunningham, who was an undrafted rookie out of uh, out Louisville. of uh, Louisville, right? Those guys took all the snaps and throws, and so it's like, yo, this is really, really bad. To like the quarterback position is not there. The rest of the talent is not really in a good place. You're not creating. You're not like really being innovative. All those things don't seem great, and it feels like they are barreling, hurtling towards a situation where. That guy is no longer the head coach. And that feels like the end of an era, and also that means that they need to dig their way out of this. They need to find a new way to be. And the reason why I also think that's bad is like, all right, well, you hire another coach. And I think that New England has the capacity to do that. However, let me take you back to the time before Bill Belichick. Y'all remember what the Patriots used to be? Talk to me. 
Were, were the Patriots like a particularly great program or organization Mm-mm. in the past? Oh, Ross, you want to talk here? Come on, Ross. Yeah, they were. Um, they were like one of the NFL's worst, if I'm not mistaken. Like yeah, the, besides that one Super Bowl they made against the 85 Bears, I think they were just abysmal. Yeah, the Patriots have not been anything to write home about. And so, like, with the very particular circumstance of, like, Bill Belichick being Hall of Fame head coach, I wonder, like, does this go back to being that level of organization? Because I, don't, I also don't know. Like, this isn't where one of those situations where it's like, we have the head coach in waiting and he's going to continue. No, you don't have that. And so... Bill's only getting older. Ooh, interesting. Ooh, ooh. Um, okay, so that's that's the New England Patriots from my perspective. Do you agree with their disagree? I agree. Okay. I agree. It's a tough situation. I wouldn't want to be in that front office. So we've laid out the case for why the Bears might be in the worst situation. Best. Why the best out of the three. Well, Bears. you think they're in the best. I think I think the Bears out of the I'm three. Just, my thing about it is I'm laying out the positions we can decide ultimately at the end here. So there's the Bears, okay. there's the Patriots, and that leaves the Carolina Panthers. What are you looking at? <laughs> Blake is Blake is holding his face because he's in so much pain thinking about where the Panthers are. I mean, where where do you start with the Panthers? They can't get an OC. They can't keep a coach. The 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 owner sounds uncertain of the own pick he made. It's crazy because you say they can't get an OC. Like I I looked at that organization where they put together this coaching staff and I was like, yo, young innovative folks. And then you brought it together and. That dude got fired in 11 weeks. And didn't he just get fired before that? We've had two Frank Wright stints, and none of them have lasted long. So, sure. I mean, to be fair, if you're getting a, if you're getting a retread, retread head coach, they will have been fired <sighs> one day. I just I – don't, I don't even know. I don't know what to think about the Panthers. I watch their football games, and I think Bryce Young objectively is not a bad quarterback. I think he's in a terrible situation. I think that that's fair. I also have not seen any of the flashes that would indicate to me that he's going to be a good quarterback. I, and, and I agree with you. So, here's – Kind of don't just answer this in a quick sentiment. Do you think C.J. Stroud on the on the Colts on the Panthers is doing the same thing uh, Bryce Young, the same struggles, or do you think he balls out? Yes or no? If C.J. Stroud was in Bryce Young's situation, because I know that's been a popular. Um, if they drafted C.J., they would be better. I think C.J. is a better quarterback, but I think this position they're in, it don't matter if you put Michael Vick back there. No, it's they, tough. They they don't have enough talent. Thank you. Um, but. I can't. I, I don't know that I can prove the counterfactual there. That you know, because Bobby Slowick has been the offensive coordinator in Houston. He's been good for C.J. Stroud, but C.J. Stroud has proven the ways that he can elevate some of the talent around him. And then also, I think sometimes we try and isolate these things. Mm-hmm. These things happen in tandem. Uh, what you talked about, if C.J. Stroud, like I, we also got to talk about the fact that the owner is a big part of this. And can oh you cue up please, please, please. cut number nineteen because you mentioned the idea of Bryce Young versus C.J. Stroud. David Tepper got in front of like microphones that were on and going to everybody like everybody can hear this and said like had one of the one of the press conferences of all time um and <laughs> in this he had a lot of things to say one of the things uh concerned their decision to um you know select Bryce Young super confident and all right so this is the thing and Did of you course feel the confidence <laughs> here's the this is the thing that I re- heard from that and tell me if you think I'm stretching here the way in which he described that he said, I think the people that made that pick would be confident and I would be confident in agreeing, which feels like a level of distancing. Yep. And right now, the way that your organization is set up, you don't need to be trying to get out here defending yourself to the media. You need to just be taking ownership as the team owner. And it seems like he was out here trying to shirk responsibility, which does not give me any confidence that he's like in the right state of mind to actually go and fix this because you have to be able to be take responsible, understand when things fail, and not be so worried about what people think 
especially as the dude who, like, you're not going to get fired. You paid billions of dollars to own this team. Like, at, at least operate with a, a sense of backbone. And David Tepper seems to be operating in a place where I have real concerns about if Carolina will ever be able to do anything. He's fired two coaches in the last two years, and that also makes me wonder how easy it's going to be to be able to get another coach in there if they look around at this situation they go, this is not a stable situation to be able to work in, stable work conditions. Yeah, you hit it right on the nail. Listening to that interview, and if you haven't seen it, I, I advise my Tolos after the show to go and watch the actual clip of it. He looks so uncertain, and like you said, Reggie, it feels like a sense of dis- disconnect within the front office. I didn't hear that and be a guy that's like, oh, yeah, they made the right choice. It's just going to take some time. He's like trying to convince himself and the rest of us while he's live at the press conference. I need a guy, like you said, in that situation, just put your head down and fix the team. Take care of the stuff. Make some calls. Figure out what you need to do to fix this. You don't need to go to the media and go on. It's a, it's a pretty long interview. And go on and tell them how great the pick was and that you're super confident and that C.J. Stroud wasn't in there like, Yes, we made the right pick. Next question. But they also they also like C.J. Stroud, and they would have taken him. Yeah, like you're, he's talking too much. Sometimes, especially as an owner, <laughs> there's times where you talk too much. And when you're a losing owner, you should not be doing a lot of yapping. You should be doing a lot of fixing. You should be a Bob the Builder. How can I get this team back on the track? Not trying to talk to the conductor and the people on the side of the road saying, hey, we're going to fix this train in a couple years. Train I, metaphors, baby. I, I promise you, this train in like five years, I, I believe, I think I believe, the people, they said they could fix it. Just fix the train, buddy, and everyone will hop on. Okay, so it seems like some folks uh, from the 214, they go Bears, Patriots, Panthers. I'm guessing in most uh, most uh, best situation, the worst. They put Panthers the worst. Uh, from the 817, they say, come on, guys. The Pats absolutely have their head coach waiting. It's widely known that it'll be handed off to Jared Mayo when Bill leaves. I mean, I think that's that's a, a thought. I'm not certain that that's exactly where they go. But, hey, also, can you prove to me that for sure that Jared Mayo is going to be a great head coach? Mm. I'm not certain. Um, not with Zaps back there. Let's see. Someone said, are we forgetting the New York Giants? They're terrible. If you feel like you want to throw them in there, you can. Um, a couple of teams we could throw in that we didn't really think. I think that's kind of the more interesting point of this year is a lot of teams we thought had their quarterback, had their situation uh, figured out. Nah, they, they they spent 40 mil a year for four years on Daniel Jones, and everybody looked around and was like, you sure? Yeah, but I at least thought he was competent. And, and I will say, he, did get, he got hurt. Yeah, he's, he got he's hurt. been injured. And so, all right, so between the Bears, the Patriots, the Panthers, who is in the worst situation, Blake? Throw the Cardinals in there, too. <laughs> They've been kind of up and down. They have been. I, I think it's safe to say the Panthers. Panthers. No first-round pick. A lot of rookies. Yeah. A lot of guys that don't know what they're doing. No no front office backbone. So, quick quick thoughts, Panthers. Ross, you want in on this? Yeah, I'm going to say the exact same, and I, and I think you made all the great points, Blake. I mean, just like not a whole lot of draft capital. The owner, I mean, it sounds like he has no confidence in their franchise quarterback that they just drafted number one overall. So I think from a foundation standpoint, the Panthers are just messed up. Yeah. I look, I, I, I honestly think Chicago's a close second because of like the hierarchy and ownership, but yeah, no, David Tepper's not covered himself in glory. And also he has, he's, you know, he does not have a long history of being in this league. And so he's still trying to figure out, some of this as well, and I'm not certain that I'm not confident, confident as he said, uh, that it's gonna go great for him. So, sorry, Panthers, we don't believe in y'all, wow. but maybe they can make that bulletin board material and get themselves back to uh, some level of some level of decency. But uh, for the time being, it's the get right right here on 105.3 The Fan uh, on this Wednesday evening. Coming up next, are you in on the NBA in season tournament now? We'll discuss it next on The Fan.
It's the Get Right right here on 105.3 The Fan. Reginald Datatoulis and alongside the fan phenom, Blake Elliott. Talk to me. Thanks to Ross Lebensky on the ones and twos. And thank you for rocking with us on this Wednesday evening in the Metroplex. Uh, coming up in about 15 minutes, we'll do a little sharing time here in the Get Right. Uh, but right now, I kind of want to talk about the in-season tournament. Uh, it, it finished up yesterday, at least the, the group play, I should say, um, of the in-season tournament finished up. And I know a lot of people coming into this year were either confused or kind of upset about the notion of the NBA trying to do this kind of tricked up thing, um, this gambit of sorts. Uh, But now that we're in it, one of the things that I've noticed is that at the very least, I've seen certain folks that were skeptics become interested in it. However, for the most part, in my in my viewing Blake, um, I know I am a basketball lover. I love basketball. I'm going to watch basketball regardless. So the in-season tournament is not going to – my opinion on the in-season tournament probably doesn't matter as much because it wasn't made particularly for me necessarily. And then the people that I've seen go from skeptics to liking it are also people that are largely basketball folks but have now been like, okay, I kind of see the vision. I kind of want to know from you know other people that have that perspective and then also from people that maybe aren't basketball folks are you in on the in-season tournament now? Because we were just talking in break. There was a really interesting game last night that, honestly, I don't think would have been interesting if not for the in-season tournament circumstance. Yeah, so my biggest thing with this is, one, like you said, the casuals that it's brought in. And you say casuals without, like, any, like, malice or anything. No, honestly, when I say casual, I'm saying the people that don't even watch basketball. Yeah, exactly. No, but I know that especially now there's people that will use casuals as kind of, like, some level of uh, pejorative, like, an attempt to, like, make make you mad or something. No. No, it's like there's there's different levels of interest in sports. And I think for basketball, there are people that are just like, I'm a casual fan. No, no malice intent. But the people who don't watch basketball as much, seeing these vibrant courts and these vibrant jerseys, I think is something that can entice people, and that was their goal. And I personally think it worked. There was multiple times I was out and about, whether it be at a sports bar, a restaurant, and I saw people eyes locked on the screen because, oh, my God, what's going on? And I would explain it to the best of my ability. So I think it did a good job at that. The other part from the hardcore nerd basketball fans, like I would say me and Reggie are, they're watching every game no matter what. It gave this kind of fun intenseness that you wouldn't have in a mid-November game. And the fun thing about it was these teams were fighting for point differential. Every game, every point matters. So even when a team was up and you might say, oh, this game's a blowout, yada, 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 these teams were still playing hard because how much you won by and how much you lost by would be the difference on whether you won your group or not. And also I think it's a different experience because I like how it, it just kind of was with the, the the actual season it didn't take away from the season it just existed within it so we just made the games that were already going to happen more interesting more vibrant kind of a different feel to it unfortunately for the Dallas Mavericks we didn't get to see the end season court I was looking forward to seeing it well we some people will say fortunate because you know I, there's been a lot of complaints about the ways that the courts look and it was rushed not only were they rushed like the designs were kind of out there very. Um and look, man, there, there. I think that there's reason to be like, yo, that w- those look crazy. However, I appreciate what they were trying to do because you looked at those courts and you're like, okay, there's a thing happening, right? And so even if it wasn't necessarily the right way of getting that effect, I think that was the desired effect was no setting this thing apart. And I think people got the feeling of this being something different, something you know, and maybe 
you know, dare I say something special, right? Because uh, obviously people have their perspective on that. But I do want to point back to the Golden State Warriors and the Sacramento Kings. Again, mm-hmm. a game that maybe not a lot many people would care about in any way. It was on national TV on, you know, Tuesday night on TNT. But uh, last night, this is a game where I think the lead was maybe like something like 20, yep. 26 at one point. It was like way stretched out. But it got to a point where there were people still interested because, as you were mentioning, they needed to, you know, that needed to be like a win by a certain amount type thing. And actually, I'm I might be mixing up my games there when it comes when I the talk Kings about like the Kings were three and zero, so if they won that, they would win that group, right? But you know, it got to a point where it's like, yo, they need to win by a certain amount in order to, um, or only lose by a certain amount, right? The Warriors needed to win by a certain amount in order to move through, and so a game that would typically be viewed as some level of blowout or out of, you know, out of range then became a little bit more interesting just because now that, you know, the metric of we need to win became instead of we need to get this to zero, we need to get this to just down 12, right? And it's almost like betting where, you know, you have that line where it's like this team doesn't need to just win. Now they need to, you know, win by seven to cover, right? And I think that, you know, that level, that changed kind of, it almost felt like gambling, funny enough, where you saw a whole bunch of people, you know, not that are not invested in Warriors or Sacramento Kings were like, What's going to happen here? It added a different level of intrigue to this particular game. And I, I at least, and of course, again, these this is a group of people that were like probably basketball fans, but maybe would be inclined to not be interested in this game. So it brought interest there. But it seems like, you know, there's some people that are like, that don't care about basketball enough for that even to reach them. Um, because from the 903, they said the NBA in-season tournament is worse than the Cleveland Browns situation. And... Um, if I am interpreting that properly, that means bad. <laughs> I, I just don't feel like how it took away from anything. There was no, nothing d- that you were watching and like now they're playing worse basketball. Like it was just a regular game happening. Well, I will say it was, you're right, right? It didn't take anything away. And I think that was a smart uh, thing when it, they came to the structure. The players did buy in. I was a little surprised because yeah. I thought this would take time. The players bought in. And we I saw think, all of our fights during the end season That's true. Games. We've seen fights. We've seen dudes get scrappy. We've seen dudes play really hard. Um, and, I mean, I guess maybe this tapped into, like, the very basic portion of this where in order to play at a professional level, you got to be competitive mm-hmm. as heck. And it seems like just telling them, hey, there was something on the line in addition to, you know, getting a win or a loss on the standings has kind of made these dudes play in a different level. And maybe that, in and of itself, if that's all that you get out of it, that's worthwhile. And and what's the least favorite part of people watching basketball? Unless you have to be like us and go on a radio show and kind of like talk about it next day, you can kind of watch it and just enjoy it for what it is. When there's a blowout happening, you know, both teams aren't trying anymore. And with this in-season tournament, you knew to keep watching because these teams are going to fight to go back in it. There was a level of interest that kind of kept you like, the court's aesthetically pleasing to look at unless you're in some of these horrific New Orleans Pelicans courts. And so it kind of gives you something <laughs> You've nice. You've been consistent on that Pelicans point, too. <laughs> it gives you something nice to look at, something different. You know they're going to kind of try hard. They're going to fight back into it. So I just felt like it kept the retention rate of NBA games. I don't know the analytics behind it. I could probably look it up. The retention rate, I would have said, was just a little bit longer because it this isn't just a mid-November game. My team's blowing them out. I'm going to go to the bar, grab a drink, go home, whatever. It's like oh, my God, they, they might come back. They're kind of fighting for it. This jersey's cool. The court is really nice to look at. And I will ask, top three courts, what do you got? Oh, I honestly don't. I, I did not internalize any of these courts enough to say which you. one were top three. Utah, Lavender. That was cool. Cleveland with the gold and, and red. Really like that one. Eh, I could I could have left that one. I, now, if you it talk, was simple, but I liked it. If you talk about it. gold, 
I thought that Toronto's black and gold worked really well. And Toronto was one of mine on there. And then I really liked the um, the Atlanta Hawks with like the light baby blue. I don't really know that how, felt much, weird how it much felt, it played into it. It felt like it. a deviation from their normal, natural colors. Um, but, yeah, no, I, I found it kind of interesting because I did see, you know, some folks get, get interested, and I kind of wanted to find what the line of demarcation is. Um, and, <laughs> look, from the 972, they said they're a fan of the Dallas Mavericks but only casually watch games until the playoffs, and they said the in-season tournament didn't do anything for them. And so Maybe I find that court. interesting. <laughs> now, however, there's other folks that said it definitely felt like gambling. And so, okay, mm. maybe that maybe that's enough to like kind of juice the ways that you know this works for folks. But from the two one four, and this is a hooper because I appreciate it. They say y'all ever play ball for money? It gets real. Have you ever done anything for money? Where it gets oh, yeah. real. And the, it's funny because the money that would be up if you win the in season tournament in the NBA Cup is five hundred thousand for everybody involved. So like all the coaching staff and like dudes on the bench and all those folks. And I think it was who was it? Was it Demar Rosen? It was somebody that kind of towed the company line in a way and then was like it'd be big you know for all those guys all those coaches that money but also y'all know these dudes be gambling in the locker room and on the plane right and mm-hmm. let me tell you they're not gambling for their full paychecks they're gambling for things like 10 20 000, and it became competitive you remember that one time that uh gilbert arenas brought the brought the roscoe into work draw down that iron behind uh behind some of this behind some of these debts Right, we've seen people do crazy things behind some of these debts. I can only imagine uh, that it's fair to assume put five hundred thousand dollars on the table and they might play more basketball. Yep. And so, it's no an extra five hundred k. I've been, I have, I've been pleasantly surprised by the actual competition that we've gotten out of this. And I'm, in, I'm really interested. Obviously, the in season tournament isn't done. There's still the Vegas portion of this. Once and you that's get to when the, it'll heat up. Get past that's the quarterfinals, you get to the final of this thing, and I'm, I just want to see if. You know how this goes early on because I I really was kind of a seller on the early years of this. I thought this would take time and maybe in like five or ten years this would be a thing. But also it seems like certain teams have bought in and certain player and state players have bought in. But it seems like certain teams are like, hey, this opportunity wins something. And as long as you get better play, I think that fans are winners in this. You agree? I I, I completely agree. I'm I'm pulling up the I'm trying to pull up the in season bracket to see the teams that went through because it was some interesting teams. yeah it wasn't it wasn't all just good teams like i had maybe anticipated that it might be because i know that um the pacers got through again as well and they've been pretty good the celtics got through the knicks got through at one uh, in the east the suns lakers kings pelicans that 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 first one is gonna be a banger like you said the pacers versus boston to me, that's the finals because both of those teams are playing really, really good basketball right now. One team really good defensively, one team really good offensively. So to kind of see that matchup will be interesting. But I'm, I'm, I'm excited. Some teams that maybe we didn't expect to make it through made it through. I mean, the Lakers got to be the most in-season tournament warriors ever. Because <laughs> they're they're not looking like a good team right now, but, but they, <laughs> they made sure to win those in-season games. And they won them by a lot. Like, I think they had the best point differential. They had like 60-something. Everyone else was like 10, 15. They won every game, and they just they show up for those big-time games. How funny. How funny is it going to be when a franchise that is as storied as the Los Angeles Lakers get out here and try and tout the fact that they won the NBA Cup? Hey, man. Wait, do we know what they win if they win the whole thing? I know it's 500K. Is that the 500K, the whole thing? Yes, yes, that is it. And then, obviously, they win the NBA Second place, anything? I don't believe. I believe it's a winner-take-all proposition. I'll double-check on that for you. However, you know, just kind of was interested to see what the general reaction has been on the in-season tournament. Now that we've gone through group play and we've seen kind of the ways in which that last push towards the quarterfinals or to, like, the knockout round 
um, would go. And it seems like we've gotten some interesting basketball out of it. But, of course, we'll keep watching. And, of course, you know, NBA season, your Mavs may not be in the in-season tournament, but they're playing good basketball. They just got a win last night. Uh, and they've got uh, the Grizzlies, who are not going to be a challenge, and hopefully give them another t- chance to tick off a W on um, on the resume. And they'll they'll be playing that game what um, on December first, which is what Friday, mm-hmm. Friday right. and Saturday. Then they got OKC on Saturday. There you go, there you go. Uh, it's the get right right here on one oh five three. The fan, we appreciate you rocking with us here on this evening, this Wednesday evening in the Metroplex. Coming up next, we'll have a little sharing time. Get get, get cozy with us right here on one oh five three. The fan. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. T-Mobile.com. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission. To get right right here on your home of the Dallas Cowboys and World Series champion Texas Rangers 105 through the fan. Reginald Atatula here with you alongside the fan phenom winner Blake Elliott. Talk to me. And Ross Lebensky on the ones and twos. Appreciate you hanging out with us on this Wednesday evening. Ahead of your Cowboys, welcoming in the Seattle Seahawks. Uh, that'll be tomorrow night, which will obviously kick us off the air. But for good reason, your Dallas Cowboys take precedence here on your home of the Cowboys. Um, of course, we'll be back on Friday night. I'm saying this like the show is over. We still go, we'll take you to 11. Don't worry about that. Uh, but I just wanted to remind you, you know, we got Cowboys and pregame will start tomorrow at 4. But, of course, you want to turn it on, leave it on, and get involved with all the shows, 5.30, Sean and RJ, 10 a.m. to 2, KNC Masterpiece. And, of course, G-Bag will lead you into that pregame show tomorrow from 2 to 4, and then pregame starts at 4, get you going all the way um, through the night. But uh, right through now. Through the night. Through the night. Y'all haven't had that, music for me in a while. I was like, "What song is that?" We haven't, <laughs> we haven't had the music quiz. I, oh, like my, I, I went through a week of no music quiz. I, yeah, I, I scraped I mean, by. It was just, it really was just like a question for you where I was like, "Huh, I wonder if, uh, mm-hmm. wonder if Blake knows this." It wasn't like it's supposed to be necessarily a quiz per se. It was just, you know, everything in life is a quiz. Everything has a reason. Oh, or see, yeah, me, me, and you do not have the same perspective in that way. Well, I mean, the idea of everything having for a reason is something else, but like the idea that everything's a quiz. Oh no, I don't take it that seriously, my man. Okay, I'm I trying to hear the background know. song. I was just some some chill. Some Is this little, elevator music? I wouldn't call it elevator music. That feels ends up feeling like a little bit disrespectful. Is this someone me. we know? Is no, this no, 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 no. It's it's just kind of uh, it's uh, royalty free. It is royalty free. Okay. So I guess if you want to call that <laughs> elevator music, you can. Uh, ultimately, we're, we're kicking back in this segment because it's sharing time. Just uh, trying to 
give a little bit and uh, have a little bit of conversation. And uh, I believe Ross is helping you out with an audio element of this. So I guess I will go first here in sharing time. I try and be, I try and pass the ball. You know what I mean? I try mm-hmm. and be defer- deferential. Mm-hmm. But right now, I'm going to be selfish. Go ahead. You know, sometimes in life, you got to be a little selfish. I'm not ready, so please. <laughs> and in this instance, um, you can give and you can take. In this instance, I'm taking. However, it's a story about giving. Ooh. And, and in a way, it's a story about giving things that you don't necessarily want to keep. Because, um, do you know, there's many ways to uh, destroy a building, right? Mm-hmm. Wrecking ball, all sorts of things like that. You know, implode with you know TNT or whatever. What if I told you urine could also... I believe you. Yeah. I've had some powerful yeah, that's urine the give, in my Ross. days. The give, the give is urine here. Um, and why do I say that is apparently um, a steady stream of urine is eroding the city of Baltimore's historic buildings. Like from one person? One person's just peeing on no, the no, building? No, no, no. That'd be incredible. <laughs> like, I feel like you need to go talk to your doctor if, if you <laughs> alone <laughs> urinating is taking down whole historical buildings. That would be insane. I thought um, that's what was happening. Just a homeless guy was peeing on a building and it's falling down. No, but apparently Amer- uh, uh, many of Baltimore's buildings in downtown um, are slowly being kind of washed away because pee is eroding <laughs> b- the buildings, right? Many? It's not just one? Many. <laughs> many. And I mean, Baltimore's not alone, right? But um, apparently like the acidic liquid that you know you excrete is wreaking havoc on the world's tallest church in Germany, historic streets in Paris. Uh, medieval ends in uh in London, and so London. like yeah, yeah, places where you know cities have opted to uh install urine deflectors. <laughs> is this a real story? This is a real story from the Baltimore Banner, <laughs> and so the idea of like Baltimore does not have very many public restrooms, mm-hmm. and you know what happens, man? Sometimes you gotta go, mm-hmm. and so people are like, look, ain't nobody looking, ain't no cops coming to get me. I'm just going to go right here, right on the side of the building. It's a, it's, it's a building. And apparently that urine is getting into like the cracks and messing the building up. Yep. And I was just like, I was, it's something that I would never think about in that way. But apparently, you mm-hmm. know, these buildings after uh, years and years of people, you know, relieving themselves, it, it's, it's now taking a toll on the infrastructure of the city. That's crazy to me. Wow. So I got to ask you, Reg. Yeah. No TMI. You, you can deflect this question. Can you count on your hands how many times you've peed outside? Oh, no, and there's no way. Okay, so we're in the same spot. So we've all done it, and we probably all have done it on a building at some point. So we're all part of the problem. That could happen here in the DFW. Yeah, yeah this is really going to change the way that I go about things because, look, ultimately I think the, the, the truism that I started with is going to remain true, which is you got to go, you got to go. You got to go. However, this is going, probably going to make me a little bit more deliberate because I will feel bad, although this is the thing, right? And this is probably not the right way to look at it, but it's like it's my one little, uh, one little instance going to be the straw that breaks the camel's back right is it going to be my fault but like it's not the way because if every individual looks at it that way that's how you end up with a, all of these it's the right? same same with littering you know that's how some true. people think oh it's just one can that's true and then next thing you know a sea turtle's getting its neck snapped does off. baltimore need to come up with a like a, a don't mess with tech texas uh equivalent in don't, order to don't uh, mess with the pee don't 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 pee on the bee is that you know what I mean? Don't like, pee on the beat. I don't. I don't know. I mean, it's it's either my pants or this random building okay. I'm walking by, and Very I'm, I'm going to choose the building. That's fair. You know, my what? pants are going to stay clean. That's right. 
That's right. I'm not walking around with the building. That's fair. <laughs> right. I can I can leave the building. I haven't got to walk around with it into work or back home. So they got to build stronger buildings that can withstand pee. I don't know what to tell you. I mean, they're historic buildings, though. Am I supposed to feel bad? You're not gonna take the building down and build it right back up just because we need to stop the people from peeing. I feel like you should just stop the people from peeing so on the is, buildings. This is something that's been it's been caked up for. Some, All right. Okay. That's, right that's that has to end this portion of sharing time. We can't just keep going after you say that on air. This is 100,000 watts, by the way. Do you know how far this goes? How do you feel? Let's pause real quick. How do you feel at the fact that you just used the phrase caked up on air? <laughs> I was saying, like, it, it, it builds up. Uh-huh. It, it builds yep. up. That's how, right. How much pee is necessary is, to it, take down a building? Yeah, like I'm saying, is this a thing that happened in like the last a, 10 years? It's been going on for, like, thousands into the Roman Empire. Is this a Tootsie Empire. Pop ad? How many licks does it take to get to the Tootsie Pop? Is that what you're doing? This, are we going to see this in every building? Because every building, I promise you, has been peed on. Unless it's like the White House. Every, okay. Well, you, you are assuming that the White House has not been. That I is, mean. They, they damn near burned down the White House. You telling me nobody's actually urinating? I, I, come on. I, look, I, I bet there's one groundskeeper that's like, I ain't going back inside. Okay, so on, I ain't the, doing that. on the text line, tell me what building you think has the least urination on it okay. in the world. Very good. Let us know. I'm what very you got. intrigued on hearing what the answers are. Uh, while we get those answers, uh, Blake, what do you have for share time? Okay, so if you know anything about Blake, I'm a very philosophical, introspective kind of guy. I don't always, also use the third person every once in a while. I, I don't always understand what I'm hearing, but I like putting it into my head. And I'm a big Joe Rogan fan, and he likes to talk about theories. And this is Uh-oh. Einstein's theory. And I just kind of want to break it down with you, Reg. Of relativity? Yes, I want you to kind of. Oh God! Actually, it's like time and space. And I. Oh want, no! Wait, hold on. Sorry, sorry. I'm very intrigued on what you're saying, but we got a text on the text line from four six nine that said, "I'm only peeing on buildings now." That was not the lesson I wanted you to take from this. I'm glad you learned. That's not what I. I guess I can't make you not do that, but I just I feel like that was not the intent. Anyways, you were talking about uh, philosophies and such. <laughs> I apologize. Don't pee on the bee. People are coming for you. Yeah, philosophies and so I want you to listen to this, listeners, Reg Ross, and help break it down to my pee brain. And make it make sense. Honestly, I have nothing more to add to it other than I'm confused and I wanted to bring it here. And let's break it down here as a community and understand this so that I can go forward with life and make this make sense. Ross, cue the clip. Yeah, no, that, that, that make it make sense. I don't get it. That about checks out. Oh, see, now this is the thing. You just need to get through these physics. I, I get it, but I don't like. So I, that you, is you, that you, is a very relatable statement. I get it, but I don't. You, that's what we got to get right for to get right and understand. So, he, oh, you, buddy, I'm not gonna be able to teach like. Uh, I just don't get the watch thing. Like you have a watch. Yes. Y'all both put it. You have your mom has you. Well, thirty years later, it's a different time because of the terrain you walk on. Well, because. The idea being like people in different places experience time differently. So y'all would not be in the same places all the time. And mm-hmm. so in being in different places, you know, the time would be experienced differently. Now, I think that that was used more as an illustration because I don't know that functionally it would be like lo- like hugely different enough for you to be able to d- tell that unless you use like, ad- you know, really in-depth um, measuring capabilities. Uh, but this feels really nerdy in a way. That's entirely. This is, this is what I wanted. I see these things when I'm scrolling. Oh, uh, Ross wants to tap in, so here we Ross, go. I'm gonna tag me, you talk in. To talk to me. Make it make sense to my pea brain. Have you ever seen the movie Interstellar? I have, and I didn't understand a lick of it. But great action. Okay, cool. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let me very quickly. Although try to be and... fair, Christopher Nolan movies aren't the ones that you go to if you're like, I want to understand this concept better. Especially that one because <laughs> there is so much going on. But basically, here's the best way I can describe it. It's like, okay, so we're on Earth, 
obviously. True. We orbit around the sun, right? Also Mm -hmm. correct, as far as I know. Think about, go one planet back and go to Mars. Saturn. Mars. Oh, buddy. (laughs) 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 The judgment. Oh, buddy. The judgment in that oh, buddy is hilarious. Mars Um, Mars is the closest. The next planet back, as we just established, is Mars Mm -hmm. or Saturn, if you I love their bars, by the way. Uh, (laughs) Are we going, are are we guessing the planets Venus is next? I don't think that's what we're supposed to be doing. Okay, go, go, go. No. Venus is in front of Earth. Okay, Um, I knew that. Anyways, so Mars is obviously further away from the sun than Earth. So its orbit is, its revolution, its year is longer. big words. All right, yeah, no, this is going to have to be an off-air conversation. (laughs) Revolution. I can already tell we're not getting this done in 30 seconds. We got about 30 seconds. Someone understand in the text line, theory of relativity by Einstein. Thank you. I Uh, cannot do it in 30 seconds, just like as you said. (laughs) Very good. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. More time is necessary. Uh, re- the text line is really more concerned with uh, the buildings that are the least peed upon. Someone yep. said White House. Yep. Someone said Buckington Palace. Someone Ooh. said the Vatican. Definitely yep. not letting people pee on that. Um, someone said their school that was built this year. And let me tell you something, buddy. That's already getting leaked on. <laughs> whole bunch of children's. They're not going to side. Fort Knox, 100% least peed on building guaranteed. Okay. All right. Okay. I think White House would take it. If you had to do an objective one just off the rip, I think White House would be the easy pick. I'm not sure, but you know what? I'm willing to ride with it. And apparently that was sharing time yep. for this Wednesday evening. In, Theory of on P. 105 through the fan. Yeah, various, various different. I don't know. I'm sorry. I think you, it was content, I think. Yes. Um, you know what? Let's get a lot more sportsy, more serious. Coming up next on the Get Right, we're going to give you headlines, important news. On this Wednesday evening on 105 Through the Fan. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.